You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is presented by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them Locked On sent you. On today's show, we are going to begin something that you guys have been asking for, and that is the 2021 Locked On Titans AFC South Divisional Preview. So what I'm going to do is we're doing three shows per week this week. It's the last week before we kick back to five shows a week next week. I'm going to utilize this last week to go day by day through the division opponents. And we are going to start today with the Indianapolis Colts. So what I want to do with this episode, start by taking a look at the Colts offseason. Let's break down all the biggest moves, all the biggest additions, all the biggest losses that they have experienced. After that, we're going to dive into a depth chart review. Take a look at certain positions where the Colts have improved, certain positions where the Colts have not improved, and then some question marks that they have currently heading into training camp. And then to round out the show, I'm just going to give you my outlook on the Colts season, what I think they can accomplish this year, and ultimately what I think their record is and how they stack up against the Titans at the end of the season. So excited to give you a preview of the Indianapolis Colts on this Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it! We are going to kick off our preview of the Indianapolis Colts by taking a look back at what their offseason has looked like so far. Before we do that, Got to remind you guys, we're breaking down the Jaguars on Wednesday, the Texans on Friday, and then next week we are back to five shows a week as we begin to preview Tennessee Titans training camp. So make sure that you never miss an episode of the Locked On Titans podcast by following the show or subscribing to the show on whatever platform you do stream. Follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans and follow the show on Facebook at Locked On Titans Pod as well. But let's dive in here to what the Colts have done throughout this offseason. So first and foremost, have to talk about some of the pieces that they lost. Quarterback from last year, Phillip Rivers, decided to retire after the season and that wasn't even the biggest retirement of the offseason for the Colts. The biggest retirement came from stalwart left tackle Anthony Costanzo. So that left a big hole at two of maybe the most important positions on an entire football team, quarterback and left tackle. They also, of course, lost Danico Autry, who signed over to the Titans. They lost former draft pick Malik Hooker at safety, and they also have yet to re-sign edge rusher Justin Houston. So, some significant losses there for the Colts. But, uh, of course, they went out there. GM Chris Ballard is one of the best GMs in the league, at least at getting talent onto the team and getting good coaches who can develop that. So, you look at the moves that they made. They did bring back some guys 
guys that they count on. Number one, running back Marlon Mack was re-signed after tearing his Achilles last year. Now, that's a little bit of a questionable move to go out, bring back a guy who tore his Achilles, give him about $2 million when you have a guy like Jonathan Taylor, you have a guy like Naheem Hines. Kind of strange to spend your money in that way. They brought back tight end Mo Ali cox former basketball player, always has to be mentioned there. Cornerback TJ Carey and safety George Odom, so they brought back some key role players for them as well. Now, they also brought back T.Y. Hilton late in the process, and although T.Y. Hilton is up there in age now, he's still going to be an impactful player for that team. So that's the bulk of who they re-signed. They did make one big free agent signing, or you could call it that, with left tackle Eric Fisher coming off his beginning career with the Kansas City Chiefs, but he is recovering from a torn Achilles and most likely will not be ready for the beginning of the season. So the Colts brought in some some other linemen, Sam Tevy to speak of. He'll probably man that starting left tackle spot until Fisher is ready to go, but curious that their big free agent acquisition is a guy who is going to be coming off a torn Achilles and may not be ready until into the middle of the season. Now, as for the NFL draft, they did go ahead and use their first round pick on defensive lineman out of Michigan, Quiddy Pay. And why Pay is impressive physically, he has a great motor out on the field. He wasn't incredibly productive during his time at Michigan, so it'll be interesting to see if that effort and that uh, athleticism can translate to actual production out on the field at the NFL level. They also brought in Dio Odangbo, the defensive lineman out of Vanderbilt, who I was pretty high on, but he's also coming off of a torn Achilles and probably won't be ready until later into the season. So interesting that they go for defensive line reinforcements, but one of them will not be ready like the left tackle decision. Interesting. They brought in a tight end in the fourth round and Kyle Granson who may help. They did lose Trey Burton at tight end as well and they brought in Sean Davis, the safety out of Florida in the mid rounds as well. But typically Chris Ballard gets a lot more praise for his draft classes than he did this one. There were a lot of people around the league scratching their heads at this draft class for the Colts. And I'm not in a position to say that Chris Ballard did a bad job, but definitely not the slam dunk some of his past draft classes have been. Will that spell trouble for the Colts, who typically get a lot out of their rookie class? That remains to be seen. So some questions for the Indianapolis Colts, but they did bring in Carson Wentz, and that is the big topic. So will Carson Wentz be able to succeed? He has worked with Frank Reich before. Frank Reich was the quarterback coach or the offensive coordinator when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, when Carson Wentz had his best seasons. So there are hopes there that getting Carson Wentz in the building, reuniting him with Frank Reich, giving him a good offensive line could turn the tide for Carson Wentz and get his career back on track. That's definitely a possibility, but either way, the Colts went out. They had to get a quarterback after losing Rivers, after having Andrew Luck retire a few years ago. And with that in mind, they go get a talent. Carson Wentz definitely has talent, so it's a big acquisition. Will it work out? Of course, that remains to be seen. Who knows how things ultimately shake out, but the Colts are putting their eggs in the Carson Wentz basket. They let Jacoby Brissett go as well, who was a stalwart as their backup quarterback for many years. And whether Carson Wentz succeeds under Frank Reich will ultimately either spell trouble for the Colts or lift them back to the heights that they wanted to be at when they had 
Andrew Luck. Of course, as mentioned, remains to be seen what Carson Wentz can be in Indianapolis. But we are going to check out the depth chart, point out some places where the Colts have talent, some places where they're maybe missing some talented players and some question marks that they still have as we head into training camp. Before we do that, got to remind you guys about the best tasting protein bars ever, and those are the Built Bars from BuiltBar.com. Right now, they have a limited time flavor, the Built Grasshopper Cookie. It's like a thin mint cookie. It's on the website with their original nine delicious flavors. The bars don't just taste good, though. They're healthy for you as well. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Make sure that you check out BuiltBar.com today. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. My 2021 Indianapolis Colts preview began with a recap of everything that they have done throughout the offseason. Well, now that GM Chris Ballard has put all the puzzle pieces together, let's take a look at the finished product heading into training camp. We are going to review the Colts depth chart starting on the offensive side of the ball, and we will begin where we ended the first segment, and that's with the quarterback position, and of course, the Colts have Carson Wentz, as I mentioned, what he does is really the linchpin for how this season will go for the Colts, and the Colts gave up a third-round pick and then a conditional first-round pick on top of that. If Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps, the Colts then do get a first-round pick on top of the other third-round pick, so a lot to give up for Carson Wentz if he plays the way that he has played in recent years, but he will be their starting quarterback for better or worse. Behind him is where I really think there are some questions. So Jacoby Brissett has been a solid starter for the Colts during his time there, was one of the best backups in the league when he was in that role. They even used him last year on some quarterback run gadget plays, because obviously Phillip Rivers isn't going to do anything like that. So I think that Jacoby Brissett, Jake Brisket, as I like to call him, was a big asset for this Indianapolis Colts offense, and now he is gone. Enter Jacob Eason, the fourth-round pick from 2020. Enter Sam Ellinger out of Texas, a sixth-round pick from this year. I mean, if Carson Wentz gets hurt, which he's done a lot over his career, the Colts are in a tough, tough spot. I think losing Jacoby Brissett is a big Big loss for the Colts. So that's the quarterback position. At running back, they do have a very, very good stable. Jonathan Taylor is an excellent running back. Naheem Naheem Hines, a great third down back. Jordan Wilkins, I think, is an excellent number three option. And then Marlon Mack, of course, if he can get healthy, he is a solid player, although not as important as the top two options in Hines and Taylor. But a good stable there for the Colts. The offensive line. No secret here, the Colts still have a pretty solid offensive line. But, remember, Eric Fisher was their big free agent signing at left tackle so that he could replace Anthony Costanza. But he's coming off a torn Achilles. He's later in his career. Is Fisher even going to be the same player? When will he even be back? You're going to have Sam Tevy, who has started a lot of games in his career at left tackle, but he's a backup. So now, Carson Wentz is 
injury history is a major concern, and you're not even going to have a starting quality left tackle in for the first month of the season. Those two issues could compound on each other. But outside of that left tackle position, once Eric Fisher is back, it could be solidified. Quentin Nelson, Hall of Fame level guard. Ryan Kelly, very talented center. Mark Lewinsky, Braden Smith on the right side. Just rock solid guys there. Nothing special, but rock solid. So the Colts still have a very, very tremendous offensive line that's going to be the pillar of their offense. Hopefully, for the, or they're thinking, hopefully, Carson Wentz can be protected and that'll allow him to get back to his heights. The running game could do very well again and the Colts will be good to go. They were a good offense last year. They were the ninth best um, offense overall in scoring. They were the 11th best offense passing. They were the 11th best offense in rushing. So the Colts are hoping to have similar offensive output this year. But it's going to be tough when you look at the pass catchers. Yeah, they have Jack Doyle, Mo Cox. That's solid for what they want to do at tight end. But... T.Y. Hilton's back, but he was starting to break down last year. He's not the T.Y. Hilton of old. He's not a Pro Bowl-level player. Everyone's so high on second-round pick from 2020, Michael Pittman. But I haven't seen anything yet. He's got to prove it. They re-signed Zach Paschal, but Zach Zach Paschal. Desmond Patman, a seventh-round rookie, Mike uh, Strachan. I mean, I don't see... Any talent of note. Paris Campbell was a very good third wide receiver, I guess. But he's always hurt. So, I'm very skeptical of the Colts wide receiver core. And I think ultimately, if they struggle on offense, it's going to be because they don't have enough talented options as pass catchers. And there were some whispers they were in the Julio Jones race. They got out pretty early in that, but definitely would have helped out their team. So I like what the Colts have on offense overall, but really, really down on their pass catcher group. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball for the Colts and Where they lost a lot of talent was on the defensive line. You lose Danico Autry. Not only do you lose him, but he goes to your biggest division rival fighting for the division crown. You lose Justin Houston, who, although he's in the twilight of his career, was incredibly productive last year for the Colts. And the thing is, you replace Justin Houston with a rookie in Quiddy Pay. Who knows what you're going to get from a rookie edge rusher who wasn't incredibly productive in college, although he was impressive with his motor. You have Tyquan Lewis, who's going to take an extended role. You have uh, Ture still in the mix. So you have some decent pieces. You sign Rochelle over from the Chargers, but that's not anywhere near as talented as that defensive end group was last year with Autry and Houston. Now, you still have DeForest Buckner on the interior, in the inside, with Antoine Woods, with Grover Stewart. That's a pretty good interior right there. Buckner is one of the best in the entire NFL. So, I'm not going to say that the Colts have to worry about their defensive line, but if some of those young pieces don't replace Justin Houston, don't replace Danico Autry, then it could be a little bit of a struggle somewhere where they expected to be a plus. Now, I I can't count the Colts' defense out from being good this year, but if they do falter in any way, it'll be because the defensive line additions don't step up. Now, it's my opinion that Justin Houston will find his way back to the Colts by the beginning of the season, but I hope not because that'll severely help the Colts, and that's not what we want here. So moving forward into their linebacker group, Bobby Okariki, 
nice player. Uh, Darius Leonard, fantastic player. Darius Leonard is one of the best linebackers in the NFL, so a really good twosome there at linebacker for the Colts. And not just that, but they also have guys like uh, Corey Willis, Kenny Moore, who both have the ability to play close to the line of scrimmage as defensive backs and kind of fill that third linebacker role if needed, which gets us into the secondary. Rakia Sin, Kenny Moore, Xavier Rhodes at cornerback, a solid cornerback group. They're not one of the absolute best in the league, but definitely a solid, solid group. Nothing to scoff at. Julian Blackman was excellent in his rookie season last year at safety. They did bring back George Odom, and like I said, Corey Willis is rotating in there as well. So a solid secondary, but here's the thing. I say all of these names, and outside of Buckner, outside of Darius Leonard, outside of Xavier Rhodes, it's my opinion that this is a system defense. The The sum is greater than the whole of the parts. I think that the system that they're running here, Matt Eberflus does a great job on defense for the Colts as the defensive coordinator. I think that the pieces individually are not as talented as they ultimately play. And if you have any kind of downside, any kind of chemistry concerns, certain pieces don't fit. Like I said, Quiddy Pay doesn't play up to snuff early on out of the gate. Tyquan Lewis doesn't fill the Justin Houston role well enough. There's a lot of things that could happen here that could have the Colts take a little bit of a step back. And if the offense isn't a top 10 offense again, then that'll put the Colts defense in an even tougher position. They're not going to have the ability to just hold the ball as well like they did last year to put their defense in a good spot, keep them fresh, all of those things. So it's all connected, of course. Incredible team sport. That's why football is the best. But for the Colts, They really need all of it to play together. If one place falters, they don't really have the talent on either side of the ball to lift up the other group. They have to play that good team football. So that's what their depth chart's looking like right now on offense and defense. Have to be concerned about the left tackle position. Have to be concerned about backup quarterback. Have to be concerned about the talent at wide receiver and tight end. Will the D-line addition step up? and meet the void of the defensive line positions that were left open? And can the defense overall, the linebackers and secondary, continue playing at as high of a level as they have before if there's any falter in the front line? So that's what things are looking like. We are going to talk about what my outlook for the Indianapolis Colts is this season, including my record prediction after we talk about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online business that's been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. Their online catalog is remarkably easy to use. It's easy to navigate. A few easy clicks. You can see all the different brands, specifications, and prices you prefer and have it delivered directly to your door seamlessly. The best part about rockauto.com is you're always going to get the same prices as everybody else. Chain auto parts stores can charge you different prices, whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional mechanic, and I think that's insane. You're never going to have that happen to you at rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com.
fans, we recapped everything that the Indianapolis Colts did during the offseason to shape their roster. We then looked at the roster that was built, went through the depth chart on offense and defense, identified areas of strength, and identified areas of weakness. And now I want to have a conversation about the Colts' outlook in general, what I think they can do as a team, their floor, their ceiling, all things in between. Now, before we dive into that, do want to remind you guys about the Locked On Today podcast. All the biggest sports stories in every major sport in under 20 minutes every single weekday. Make sure you check out the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. But let's dive into this outlook and round out this Monday show. The first thing that I want to mention is what happened with the Titans and the Colts last year. So the Colts went 11 and 5. They tied the Titans record-wise, but they split the season series and the Titans through division wins were able to secure the division championship. But the Colts were still a damn good team last year, ultimately losing in the first round, just like the Titans. But if you recall, the Titans lost to the Colts in that first matchup, 34-17. to But I contend that the Titans would have won that game if not for allowing a FedEx employee to punt for the Titans twice. If they didn't do that, the Titans would have won that game. But then the Titans came back and won 45-26 to later in the year. Derrick Henry went for over 100 yards in both those games, including going over 170 in the second game. In that second game, despite being limited in the first game, A.J. Brown had four catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. So I thought the Titans played the Colts very, very well last year. And then this year, the Titans played them in Week 3, in Tennessee, and then week eight on Halloween in Indianapolis. So getting both of the Titans games against the Colts out of the way in the first half of the season, quite frankly, considering the historical struggles that the Titans have had against the Colts, I'm not mad about getting them out of the way early in the season. Definitely don't want to be seeing them with uh, you know the, the entire fate of the season on the line late in the year. Hopefully, they're able to at least win one of those games, and I certainly do think they will do that. And that brings us into kind of the floor and the ceiling for the Colts. I think the floor, if Carson Wentz were to get hurt, there is nobody on that team that can elevate that roster, even with that offensive line and running back group. So I think we could see an Indianapolis Colts season of about 6-11 and if Carson Wentz gets hurt. Now, if everything goes great, Carson Wentz gets back to his form. He's electrifying the offense. They're running the ball at will with that offensive line. The defense is still absolutely fantastic, like it was last year. Then I could see the Colts being 12-5. and I could see 12-5. and Kind of like where I see the Titans ultimately being right now. But that's their ceiling in my eyes is 12-5. and And winning the division. Maybe winning one playoff game. What I think is more realistic when you consider they they have a good coach. They have a good roster. But they have big questions at quarterback. Big questions at left tackle. Big questions at defensive line. Big questions at wide receiver. When you consider all of that, I think what's more likely is not the ceiling or the floor. I see the Colts being 9-8. and eight. That's where I ultimately think they land. I think the Titans win the division, and I think the Titans are able to beat the Colts at least one time this year. 
Maybe two, but I'm only going to commit to one. The Titans will beat the Colts once this year, but I do think that some of those concerns will pop up for the Colts. The leadership that Phillip Rivers displayed last year, it's hard to measure, it's hard to quantify, but you know it's there with a guy who's been in the league that long. Carson Wentz is not bringing that to the table. So for me, 9-8 and eight this year for the Colts. They will challenge the Titans. It will be close, but the Titans will pull away late in the season and be able to distance themselves for that division championship. So I do think the Colts will be an incredibly competitive team, but ultimately I think that they'll be right on that bubble of competing for the very last wildcard spot, that seventh playoff spot in the AFC. They could get their hands on it, maybe, maybe not, but either way, I have them at 9-8 and eight this year. Very solid team, but just not enough high-end talent at positions that matter to be able to be a special team. So that's where I see the Colts right now. Going forward, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, On Wednesday, we are going to do the Jacksonville Jaguars. On Friday, we are going to do the Houston Texans. And for those shows, I plan on having some special guests. So make sure that you do check those out. You subscribe or follow the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.